Welcome to Real Estate Roller Coaster. Two real estate agents talking shit about some of the craziest things they have seen in the industry. Unfiltered talk about life in the real estate business with your hosts, Amanda Dockham and Sandy Lynn Burnett. Let's get started. Hey, Sandy, how are you doing? I am well. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, so let's talk about the market and lack of inventory and the shitty situation that we're kind of in with listings. What are you going through with all of it? Well, I think what's hilarious is that for the first time in, I mean, I, I think anybody's lifetime, there are more licensed agents than listings on the market. Did oh. you ever hear that stat? No, no. Yeah, it's a NAR statistic. It came out last year. There are more realtors than homes listed for sale. Oh, that's that's the status quo here. Um, that's just how we live life. Uh, there's probably one listing for every three. Well, I say that, but active actually producing agents. Probably not. Yeah. You know, I was reading that, I mean, new construction, I guess across the U S is supposed to produce a couple million, but I think if I remember the stat and Jesus, don't hold me to this is that we're still short like three or 4 million houses in the U S and I think maybe 2 million will be built this year. So it's not going to end anytime soon. Yeah. Um, your builders in your area, are they paying agents? Oh yeah. Well, um, there's one builder out there, um, who is our difficult one. There's always one, right. But for the most part, absolutely. They're paying, um, a lot of them are professionally listed and then, um, others are just saying, Hey, if the agent, you know, represents a buyer, we'll pay out no problem. So there's we only have... one that is not doing it. Yeah. And, um, i wholeheartedly believe it hurts their business. We have that one too. And I, I don't want to say who they are, uh, but we, I bet it's the same damn one too. We had one <laughs> that last year uh, through the like dark and heavy COVID and inventory wood shortage and all that stuff. They just mm -hmm. stopped paying agents. Um, and I saw some listings where there was a dollar. That's messed up. Um, and I mean, it was noticed and we weren't shy about telling them we'll remember this. It's okay. Mm -hmm. And now they're coming up and they're starting to offer like 1%, 2%. And it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't care. You Back know? in uh, 2008, I was not a realtor, but my dad was a painter. So I paid attention to, he actually was a, he, he was exclusive to a builder and did all of their oh. new construction. And um, so I remember in the 2008 thing when those builders were dying for somebody to buy their homes. Yeah. And now they are super cocky and it's just, it just does not pay to be cocky. Just like I was having lunch with a lender the other week <laughs> and he said that a majority of his business, he proudfully said, and should be proud of this, that a majority of his business still was coming from uh, realtors and new purchases and not refi all these lenders that are getting cocky with their refi business and not, not taking, not powdering our bottoms like they should be. 
I like that. <laughs> um, they should, uh, they should be scared when, um, things shift. Yeah. Yeah. The refi frenzy is not, I'm not say. hating on refis, but you know, don't be pushing my file to the side and dropping the ball on my deal. Right. Just because, because those are quick and easy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's quick and easy money. Um, so with everything that's going on and I know it's agents, it's our fiduciary duty to protect our client and negotiate to get the best deal for our client to be that kind of like that watchdog and get them as much money. You know, that we don't want to leave any money on. The I table. already disagree with you. My fiduciary duty is to follow my client's uh, best interest and direction. Yes. Obedience. Yes. So it's not to get them a deal. It's to get them the deal that they want. Yes. But if you have a client that is not, okay, how to word that? Okay. If you have a seller, you're a listing agent and you have a client that say, like, uh, will accept offers for the next week, for example, instead of, I don't know in your market, but in our market typically offers like a, there's a two or three day deadline. You have an active date. We already know that it's it's enterprise point that is incredibly competitive. So it's like, hey, listing goes active on Friday. Offers are accepted until you know Sunday at eight or Monday morning at nine. Mm -hmm. So you have these buyers who a lot, some of them, you know, are up against deadlines themselves. They don't want to put all their eggs in one basket and wait for a week. It's like, do you feel like sellers taking that much? that type of advantage of the market kind of takes a human aspect out of it. And they're just, you know, do you know what I'm trying well, to say? It, it does. And it doesn't on one hand, they're being fair and allowing showings because remember when the frenzy started and it was like, great, I've got a full price offer 30 seconds into my active listing. I'm going to accept this and nobody else had a chance to get in. And now they're like, wait a minute. Now we're realizing let's allow as many showings as possible and see and see what's going on. Um, <clears throat> I think the human factor and your relationship with other realtors is the only and uh, one of the biggest advantages that you have in this market. So um, for instance, last year, I only think I lost one, maybe two deals as the buyer's agent. Mm -hmm. Think I met, I only lost out on one, maybe two. I can only remember one off the top of my head, but come on, it has to be more than that. Right. It, as a buyer's agent in mm -hmm. 2021, I won every single time, except for one, I for sure remember not winning. And I'm, my ass is still really chapped about that. But I'm going to go ahead and call it an even two because yeah. I can't remember the other one, but I'm sure I must have lost at some point. And I don't say it to brag. I say it to basically show everybody that I don't waste my time and I don't waste my buyer's time. Yeah. So if my buyers are looking to negotiate and they're not looking in the areas that are okay to negotiate in, um, I'm not their agent. I get shit done. They can go find another dreamer that'll find them a house in three or four years. With everything that's going on, have you had any experiences 
with other agents to where you just feel like they're taking advantage of the desperation at some price points in your of market. Of course. Of course. I like, have. what does that look like in your area? Oh, I finally remembered the second one that I didn't win. Okay. <laughs> I knew there was two. <clears throat> but um, yes, of course there are. And I do think there are even agents who are outright lying that they have other offers or projecting as if they have multiple offers in a perhaps non-multiple offer situation. I think that in this uh, crazy market, um, you know, we still have bad apples in our profession and yeah, they, they, they're pretty rotten. We have a lot of bad apples here, you know, but that's just because of sheer number of agents that we have here. I mean, you know, it's, it's bound to how about you? Does a particular example come to mind? That was an oddly specific question. So I'm curious. Well, I know it's different in different markets and areas. Um, what's competitive for you is probably different than what's happening here. Um, in Houston, I mean, on the buyer's agent side, yeah, you have to be competitive with your offer, increase you know, your deposits, your option period, increase the financial aspect lenders are beginning to be more of a factor about how reputable is your lender? Have I heard of your lender? Is your lender going to call me back? You know, there are more things than just price. It's really beginning to stand out, but <clears throat> listing agents are beginning to go ahead and lay out these extreme terms in their agent notes in the MLS, just setting the bar about, Hey, we're only accepting four day option periods, which is you have four days to inspect and renegotiate repairs. Um, we want 2% and above for earnest money deposit. Like they're already, the expectation has been set Mm -hmm. for the competitive terms, which if that's the bottom line that they're willing to consider and people want to be competitive, it just goes up from there. And some buyers can't afford to do two or three times the minimum terms like that. Yeah. I think that, frankly, um, I kind of appreciate that. Let me know what what I'm working with here. Yeah. Um, and you can lay it out for your buyers. But see, I'm still not afraid to write in circumstances like that because I'll tell my buyers, hey, they're, this is what they're saying. We know we have, we do not have the ability to waive inspections. If, you know, if my buyers are like, hell no, but I'll offer X amount over what I think anybody else is going to offer. To me, everything's negotiable in real estate. That's the biggest thing that I've learned. Um, In our local market, earnest money is a fucking joke. It is a joke. I've never not gotten it back for my buyers. Um, So actually, we only do 500 to maybe two grand at the most in earnest money, sometimes five grand, but Earnest money is a non-factor in our market because it the terms so heavily protect the buyers that um, any seller of mine that like cares about earnest money, I'm like, you're never going to see it. It's such a joke. I have gotten it back for my sellers, but it's big deal. You know, it's not skin in the game. The biggest thing in our market is lender. Yes, I totally related when you were talking about local pre-approvals or having uh, reputable lenders that these local agents know, like and trust, um, that's a biggie. And for us, it's not so much the option period. It's more like um, 
are you doing inspections or are you waving them? That has always been a very Mm. big thing. And so when I see people bitching in these like huge real estate Facebook groups, which I'm hardly ever looking at anymore because it's just such a time suck. I know exactly uh, which one you're talking about. And yeah, it will suck. What they say (laughs) is what they say is you should be protecting your buyers. And I'm sorry, but my buyer ain't going to get a house. You know, any agent that tells them to waive inspections, like I'm not telling them to waive inspections. Matter of fact, I have them sign a form telling them that I yeah. did not tell them to waive inspections. However, if you want the house, if you want to buy a house here remotely in your price range, you know what you need to do. Yeah, no, it's not our job to tell them to not inspect or not do this. We just give them or to or to get inspections. It's not your job to make them get inspections. How dare you? It's my job to get them the deal. If they want the deal, I list out all the risks. I I list out all of the options that they have to play with, and it's not just money. Yeah, and I show them and I guide them there, and that's how we get our offers accepted. That's interesting. The difference in earnest money Um, here, earnest money, it just shows what you're willing to like this. It is skin in the game here uh, because we have so many deadlines built into our contracts Um, and you have to wait 14 days for the title company to make a decision. If the parties don't agree 14 days after notice and a title company can decide who to release it to. Let me Um, ask you this. Have you ever gotten an offer accepted before the seller's supposed presentation date? We don't really talk about presentation dates here. Sellers can do, yeah, you say accepting offers until blah, 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 right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have. There are ways to do this. Everybody that's looking at these little agent notes acting like they are as good as gold. It's a joke. Like just, yeah, just because they publish that date doesn't mean they have to stick to it. Um, mm-hmm. I had one accept our offer before their deadline, and it's because it was a ridiculous offer. Exactly. <laughs> they're just like, here, we accept. It's like, oh, I guess we don't have to wait another day. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no. That's interesting that the title company can uh, make that decision. I'm in one of the most antiquated states in the union. We still do abstracting. You've probably never heard of abstracting, but instead of title insurance, um, we have real estate attorneys, attorneys handle our deals, not title companies. And they have a linen covered book of the actual property oh. and it's whole legal history. Oh. Everything that's been taken. It's, it's disgusting. That sounds exhausting. It is exhausting, <laughs> but it makes these lawyers a lot of money. So I will be very surprised. You know, I was hanging on so hard to that. Um, <laughs> In in Illinois, we do title insurance and yeah. still a little bit of abstracting if the seller requests or still has their abstract. Yeah. So that surprised me too. But um, so maybe that's why um, it's a situation where we don't have title companies that would just make that determination. So have you had any experience? Um, I mean, the market's already tough in some price ranges just across the board, but I've had a few run-ins to where the listing agent just number one is doesn't communicate or they're just not knowledgeable. There's like, I I can go on and on bitching about certain types of listing agents, but I feel like, I mean, okay. 
I can just, I could sit here and rant like for the rest mm-hmm. of our show. So I'm not going to do that. Have you had any problems with listing agents, just like not knowing their shit and making life hard? Yeah. But to me, it doesn't depend on how educated or uneducated they are. It depends on their attitude. So if they aren't willing to accept the help that I'm trying to give them, or if they are trying to be their own worst enemy, then Krabby Sandy joins the party. Um, But if they are just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, well, let me help you. (laughs) Um, And it's not to be like a, a shark or anything. It's more like, hey, like I'm trying to help you help your sellers get this whole deal, you know, to where it needs to go. I feel like it's how you offer the help. Um, One of my agents, he's, he is a listing agent and they were going back and forth with negotiating and the buyer's agent on this deal. She's just naturally aggressive. She's one of those, I'm into everything, you know, uh, let me do everything to help type people. I don't think it comes from a place of ill will. But they were finishing negotiating repairs and she sent over the amendments. His response was, okay, received. My seller's traveling. I'll get these to you as soon as possible. And immediately her text message was, well, your seller can sign it using DocuSign on her phone. Do you need me to help you show her how to do that? I mean, number one, first of all, he's an adult. I feel like he can, he's not a new agent either. I feel like he can handle that. But there's a line, Pete. There's a line. There's a yes, line. Absolutely. That, like, that, that made Here's me mad. Here's the other thing. Um, I don't like power moves given by somebody not in a position of power. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I hate power moves when they are in a position of power, but what really grinds my gears is flexing when you don't got nothing to flex. So for instance, um, I had a listing that was a, you know, it was going to absolutely go quick price to sell. And it was going to be a multiple offer situation. Mm -hmm. Um, I received an offer. I let the agent know I received it. I let her know I presented it. And I let her know that my seller planned to sign it in the morning. Then she said, is there any reason he won't sign tonight? So I really did text her back and give the whole human factor to it. I'm like, look, not everyone has the same sense of urgency us realtors have. Ha ha. Yeah. Um, Look, I can tell you right now, this is the kind of guy that I don't want to push. He seemed very pleased with the terms. Sounds like we've got a deal. I'll let you know in the morning. Didn't hear back from her. It was like 940. It was late, you know. So then in the morning, I woke up to a very business-like email per, you know, good morning, Sandy, per our text conversation, you indicated. And then she was just like, have him sign or reject the offer by 10 a.m. So I wrote her back and I said, are you telling me that your buyer is planning to pull the offer by 10 a.m. if my seller doesn't accept? (laughs) I just put the ball back in her court and rephrased it for her. And so I didn't hear back. So I picked up the phone and called her this morning. And I said, look, like I tried to give you a human factor with as much information as I possibly could. And I didn't appreciate waking up to that. Yeah, I agree. if If you want me to go to my seller, yeah, I, you know, do you trust me to get this done or not? Basically. 
And she continued in, she continued to put a very bad taste in my mouth. I'm not going to lie, which it was just, it was just too bad because I really liked her and I really wanted her to have it. Yeah. Rarely pulling a power move with another agent is going to work. Um, I don't feel like there's a need to try to intimidate each other. Or like you said, you know, just pull the power move. Honestly, whether you're in a position of power or not, the more human you are to the other agents, sometimes that's the defining factor. There was no reason to get overly formal with me, especially when I was like very responsive and giving you information. Yes. And so it just, it just sucked because, and I literally said to her on the phone, she's just like, as you know, in this market, I need to get it, you know? And I'm like, look, I got you. Um, but I tried to give you something to let you go to bed with a smile on your face that night. Right. And now instead I know with you to not give you any news until I'm just sending you a signed contract. Yeah. And she goes, yes. And she goes, yes, that's right. And I was like, okay, Okay. well, now I know how to work with you, but it's just too bad because what I was trying to do is I know it's stressful as a buyer's agent. So I wanted to let her know, Hey, look, seller's happy. Looks like we've got a deal. No, it's not signed yet. I'll send it over as soon as it is. Yeah. I, I really believe collaboration will always get further than trying to compete with each other. And especially in the thick of it last year. And if I was on the listing side, I always told the agents, Hey, look, I'm not trying to compete with you. We're both trying to get to the same finish line. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's sad when that's just not the case. I've had deals being on both sides to where I, especially if I'm a listing agent and I have a five or six offers and I can go to my seller and say, Here's offer A, B, C, D, E. Now I've worked with the agent on offer uh, B and C, and I know that they know how to educate their client. They're great at communication. You know, those agents are wonderful to work with. Um, And I know that they will keep up with their end of the deal. I love being able to say that to my clients. And if you're just an ass to the agent on the other side, that's not helping you. Exactly. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't. I don't know. The other hard thing is when I do know that somebody's new on the other side and I'm trying to like genuinely help them, Mm -hmm. but then they're overly guarded and formal with me. And then I'm like, okay, don't go down this road. (laughs) I absolutely know every single word of the contracts inside and out. Yeah. And I'm telling you, this trying is to help you, is. man. <laughs> yeah. And Not your so enemy here. Just, yeah. And it's just too bad. So it's like, no, I can be professional. I don't mind when somebody's professional, but if you're going to try and, you know, take some overly formal road with me to back yourself up, you're only backing yourself in a corner. Yeah. Once you're kind of the ass, you're always, you're, yeah, you're the ass. But on the other hand, I have, I've got a funny story. So hmm. I had another listing uh, this week, this weekend that went for multiple offers. And it was really cute because <laughs> the agent, um, the agent and I have a good relationship. Uh, unfortunately, she wasn't the winner and she's a great agent. And I wasn't the winner on one of her deals last year. So, mm-hmm. um, 
but anyway, so she, she's a great agent, but it was so funny because we use showing time here and we use that for our feedback and yeah. in the feedback afterward, it was like, you know, is your buyer interested? And she said, very, and then it was like nothing else. And then in the comments for the feedback, it was like, um, gosh, I'm trying to remember. It was like, second place doesn't count or something <laughs> like that. And it was just hilarious. I had to text her laughing about it afterward because it it is good to remember that human factor in it. I hate, I mean, of course you want to be in the position of the power, but I hate being the listing agent when it comes to these things, because I try and handle everything as gracefully as possible. I know the position that these buyers Mm -hmm. agents are in and I feel for them. And I hope that they, you know, never try to hold it against me in future deals, you know? Yeah, no, I, I feel terrible every time I have to, I mean, I feel terrible for the buyers because I know how hard and it's the same thing with the agents. I know what they're going through. I've been on that side, uh, just telling them, Hey, I'm so sorry, but they did not go with your offer. It's not personal. You know, it's, I just, I wish I could help, you know, everybody. I wish I can give everybody good news. It's just not the reality. Um, I do think you get further playing nice with other agents. And Mm -hmm. I know there's a completely different side of that coin out there that a very large portion of our industry subscribes to, but I just, I don't feel like I get very far being a dick to everyone. Um, Because when it comes time to actually solve a problem, if you can't work together, what the hell there's, you know, it's not going to get solved. And, you know, and it is, I think it is important. Like I saw a really good um, in one of those groups, I saw Mm -hmm. a really good, basically like rejection format from the listing agent that was just like there was nothing you could do the other offers the other offer or the winning offer had terms that exceeded in this 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 and this area and that really helps the buyer agent keep their trust with those buyers keep that rapport with those buyers I think the hardest thing in this market is that it's really I'm killing, you know, realtors work so hard to build that trust with the consumers. And when listing agents are, you know, shitty or even buyer agents, like listing agents, be professional and get your rejection. The rejection signed is how I feel. I very much appreciate if a listing agent will have their sellers sign the rejected offer so that I can prove to my buyer that my buyer's offer was presented. That's a big one. Um, in our market, uh, it is not mandated that you make a seller sign a rejection. But as a listing agent, I explain to my sellers that it's the right thing to do um, to show, to keep the trust in our industry to where I have proof that the offer was presented you know? Yeah. And, uh, while going through my broker classes, I was starkly reminded, uh, through Trek, you know, Texas real estate commission that listing agents are not even required to respond to offers. They are not required to even acknowledge receipt. They are not required to, I mean, they have to tell you, um, you know, when it was presented, um, if asked, you know, all of that, but they're, they don't have to do all the pleasantries. Hey, thank you. And I'll present here. 
they're they required. don't have to acknowledge receipt. No, they have to present it at the earliest convenient at the earliest time possible, not convenience possible. Interesting. Um, then I would totally go around that if I have an agent that wants to flex on that. And I will CC their managing broker every time that happens, you know, but that's yeah. somebody better <laughs> acknowledge receipt of my offer. Yeah. And most, most do. Honestly, I've had a chase listing agents down just to get them to confirm they received my offer like for 24 hours. Um, that's, that's crazy. That's common here. Um, it's funny I'm that so you brought it up. Because, in Houston. <laughs> yeah. Houston, Houston is some shit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah because it is hard to like get to know all the agents in your market. We no, it's impossible. We only yeah. have a thousand here, and we only have two hundred, you know, major players. Yeah, you get to know the agents in your region here, uh, which is fine. It it works that way. You brought it up, and it was something else that was on my mind. So when you're on the listing agent side and you send out your rejections, if you have an agent that asks, "What were the winning terms?" Do you share those terms? Hell to the no, you will find out when it closes. Do you tell the agents what they could have done to improve the terms of just like, for example, it's like, hey, thank you for your offer. Unfortunately, the seller decided to reject it. I can tell you that the winning offer had a higher earnest money, a higher option fee, and you know, give those types of constructive criticism um, instead Sometimes. of specifics. Okay. Agents are different. That's why I was asking because uh, you brought yeah, it up. I will never, ever give up terms on anything until something's closed. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'll always say like, hey, you know, or if, if they were like a strong second or something, yeah. I'll ask if they want the opportunity to be a backup yeah. or if they want me to let them know if I need to bring them in or anything like that. I try to keep as many possibilities for my sellers alive as possible. Yeah. Possibilities as possible. Possibilities. Possible possibilities. <laughs> so, um, so yes, but I'm very firm on, uh, nothing to do with terms. Um, sometimes I'll give a little bit away if let's say I've had it pending for a while, it's a solid deal. And yeah. then another agent calls me asking about it as a comp, you yes. know, I, I might let them know like, Hey, you know, you're totally good in, in this area or whatever. So. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you see, do you see things subsiding, um, there yes. in Iowa anytime in soon? Our, in our market, it's, um, not as scary. Last summer was honestly scary. Um, mm -hmm. our market is an extremely steady market. We have lots of reload. Um, we have the John Deere world headquarters where we're at. We have a uh, local, um, military facility out here. So we have people that need to move in and out of our area mm -hmm. steadily, whether they want to or not, they need to. And that really helps that combined with, um, decent cost of living and home prices makes our market extremely steady. So when we saw the market doing that, it was, um, kind of scary for local residents. <laughs> um, they, you know, were kind of panicky about it, Yeah, but they, it has, it has gotten easier. Yes. Things are still selling first day. Yes. Things are still going for multiple offers, but not the frenzy that we had before. If yeah, that, that makes sense. That made no sense. Last year was a lot of shit, man. 
We just, it was just announced at the Exxon headquarters, like main HQ is moving to north side of Houston. So that's just another big company that's relocating here, gobbling up anything that's out there. Um, cool. Yeah, no, I, I things are fast paced here, but builders are building as fast as they can. I know in my I area. that the people were talking about, you know, how rates, rates are on the rise and how do I think that'll affect things and people think it's going to lock down the market. And I, I actually don't, um, you know, people are still buying homes in the nineties. They're know? still going like, to buy houses. Yeah. It's just, they're going to pay more. It costs more for them to get the loan. They still need to mm-hmm. move. They're still going to buy houses. It's just going to change the yeah. financials and cost more for them to get a loan. Uh, no, it's not going to shut down the market. They really have gone up though. Huh? Like almost half a point in a month. Jesus, uh-huh. man. <sighs> but whatever it is what it is um that's really all i have for today's episode do you have anything you want to tack on for sharing yeah, it's caring should do i think we should do like biggest tips for on the buying side and biggest tips on the listing side and in, in this market okay um biggest tips on or tip like top tip on the buy side top tip on the list side I'm thinking. Okay. Me so. too. I'm thinking too. <laughs> you know what's great with podcasts? This is just dead silence. Um, okay. So tips on the buy side from me. Um, in my market, Houston and surrounding suburbs, I would say if you're out there struggling with your offers, you need to increase your terms. Really, there's no such thing. I, mean, I say that brazenly. So let's just think it's a 10-day option period anymore, folks. Give it up you know, you need to, you need to hit five or seven days, increase your financials and for sweet baby Jesus, fill out the contract completely. Don't. Oh yeah. Fill in the agent information. Don't be lazy. Go into the MLS, look it up, fill out your contract. That's not a thing here. That's. that's Oh, I've received contracts on the listing side to where the entire half a page is empty. The seller the seller name line has been empty. It's like, come on, man. No, no, no. Fill out your comp- fill out your contracts, folks. Minimum standard. Yeah. That's my bitch. That's that's my number one word of advice. What about you on the buy side? You know, I had all this time to think. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I actually gave a lot of things. Uh, okay, all right. Here's a good one. Um, what I get from a lot of clients is the word or term bidding war. Okay. Mm -hmm. Bidding wars are a thing of the past. That was something that, uh, you know, you submitted an offer and then somebody else randomly submitted an offer. And then now you're both in a bidding war. That is not a thing anymore. We, what we do is we go in with our highest and best right out of the gate. If you think you're going to be lucky enough to get into a bidding war, you're incorrect. Um, So I will say, um, just shoot your shot. The best terms that you're willing to pay for and give to that house. So I would say that on the buy side, bidding war is an outdated term that makes you look stupid. You know, one of my least favorite things of last year was when you're submitting offers and you get the email saying, congratulations, you're one of the finalists. Now 
the top two offers, submit your highest and best. And in my head, I was thinking, fucker, we, we, we did submit. You know what? I've always, I've always stuck to my highest and best. Oh my God. Weird. I ran and we went. did. And we did. It's just like, really, this, this <sighs> isn't the hunger games of real estate. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's yeah, no. Mm-mm. On the listing side, I yes. would say if you, Um, I guess I would just say, I don't, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I guess my brains all the way ran out of juice. (laughs) Okay. So for me, advice to listing agents, and this is just coming from a place of pet peeves, do me a favor as the buyer's agent and yourself a favor that before inspections, please, please, please clean the air registers on the ceilings, get the dust off of the air conditioner vents on your ceilings, change out the light bulbs, make sure all the light bulbs work, little tiny five minute things. So our client, my buyer's inspector, doesn't automatically assume light fixtures don't work or that the AC hasn't, little things to prevent from red lights popping up on an inspection report to make my job as a buyer's agent easier and your job as a listing agent to not have to listen to me negotiate all of this stuff. Like I, that's just, please, that's a favor. I know we're wrapping it up here, but I will tell you that our market leaves no room for negotiation. So during that option period, uh, if you dare reopen negotiations over a light bulb, you are kicked out of the offer and we, we get our backup into primary. So we don't play around with little light bulb stuff. And so that's interesting that you have the luxury of that. We don't very, very, very rarely, very rarely do people, I've, have I ever had a seller ask somebody uh, waive inspections or a buyer willing to, they'll, they'll, that's incredible. They'll waive appraisal or they'll partially guarantee an appraisal. Um, Meaning like if you list at 300. Yeah, we have, we have, uh, we don't really do appraisal waivers or guarantees. There's too many foundation issues here and just things with houses we inspect, like you're going to inspect. Yeah. Our, most of our foundation issues you can see with the naked eye. So um, we have basements and stuff. So that uh, makes it easier, I guess. That's just interesting. That's very interesting. People take their air market. conditioning here far too seriously. And anybody that relocates here is like, oh, pff, I don't care about inspections. You know, when they care when it's 102 degrees in August and the AC goes out because they didn't. That's what a home warranty is for. Home warranties don't cover shit, man. Not here. <laughs> well, I'll hook you up with the company that does. <laughs> right. All right. Well, okay. So this was a great episode. Yeah. I mean, it really does uh, encompass the real estate roller coaster. <laughs> we need to do a compare like we need to do an episode about your market and my market and like the biggest differences. Cause it's interesting. And I, we yeah, it blows my mind when we start going down that path. I'm like, Holy shit. I feel like we should get some agents from other States on here too. Uh, just, yeah, I think so. I know a couple and I'm sure you do too. Um, too yeah. Okay, cool. Thanks for joining us today. And that's it. Take care guys. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Roller Coaster. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review so more people can find out about the show. And be sure to tell a friend. Want more? Follow us on Instagram at realestate.rollercoaster. Coaster.